I think that's what happened today. In the morning, when the markets opened, stock prices dramatic drops. I think we were 800 points down on the Dow. So as the day's gone on, people have had a chance to look at it and say, really, how much of our sales come from Russia? How much of our profit comes from Russia that impacts the stocks? Let's look at this in a little bit uh, in a more relaxed way. And I think as, as the day's gone on, they've said, okay, maybe it's not as bad economically for the US as we initially thought. It's not impacting stocks as much, but it does create a lot of political uncertainty. This is Better Wealth with Caleb Williams. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode with uh, Harry Stout and myself. We're going to be talking about managing money in uncertain times. And as it relates to the time of this recording, the Ukraine, Russia is going on right now. There's a lot of uncertainty. We saw the market just pretty much tank. And now I think at the time of this recording, it's, it's coming back a little bit. A yep. lot of uncertainty. Uh, this is also on the back of things that happened in Canada and, and other places. And so really, if you're if you're listening to this and or watching this, um, our hope is to have a conversation about um, what are some of the key things that you can do today to make sure that you can manage money in these uncertain times. And, and Harry, like always, you've done uh, an incredible job researching this. And this is a last minute uh, topic for us to talk about. But it was one thing that we feel really strongly about um, as this is happening currently. We want to give you the the latest and greatest as it relates to this this news. And so with that, I'm, I'm going to tee you up to kind of give a intro of what you're seeing with the whole Russia and Ukraine and how that's going to impact us. Oh, yeah. I think, Caleb, thanks. Great to be with you today. I think when you look at this, this, this just is a terrible situation. I mean, this is the first major war or battle that we've had in Europe since the mid-40s. It really is a major issue, and it's, it's going to affect the world, the U.S. less than Europe, but it's, it's a very difficult situation, and it creates a lot of uncertainty. And the reason I think as you and I talked today and as we prepared for today, you could watch the talking heads on television, and I guess you and I are somewhat the talking heads on video, but the talking heads on television, people were saying everything from, please copy all of your bank statements and prepare for the cyber attack to some people saying, I'm going to sell all my stocks. I'm going to, you know, it's going to be terrible. The markets are down. And, and as we see, and as you've described, the day has changed. We've gone from the markets being down to the markets being back up. So, when I looked at a situation like this, I, I, you know, it's for people, it's it's uncertainty, and it could impact your money in a serious way, but it also could affect your household. So, um, you know, I'm I've lived through a number of these different things before, and I'll tell you, the number one thing I I always find in these situations is take a deep breath and relax, and don't take any action that's precipitous. Don't take don't take any really crazy action based on what's going on. You got, you have to let things take a little time to develop and you so you can see where you want to go. And I think that's first off the big thing is just kind of let's relax, but I do think there's some things we need to do, but we ought to again it's a major it's a major issue, but not one yeah. that I think is going to, you know, requires us to you know, board up the windows and the doors, go out and buy, you know, ammunition or it's, it's not like that at all. It as, and, and I'll be the first to say, I'm not the most educated on this topic. Um, I think uh, we could both, we could have a debate all day long if, if America should get involved. But I think oh, one, yes. of things, one of the things that we're going to do as a country, um, whether we like it or not, is I think we are going to stop buying gas from Russia. Um, that's like, is, am I, am I, am I saying that right? 
um, because I, I hear from a lot of people saying that one thing that we might experience in the States is higher prices across the board because when gas gets more expensive, then shipping gets more expensive, filling up our cars get more expensive, and that just kind of has the uh, triple effect. Is there anything I'm missing there or and is, is anything else that like what, what does this whole Russia, Ukraine thing impact us in the Midwest, us in Denver, us in California? Like how does that affect the people listening to this or watching this? Um, because yeah. I don't think it, regardless of what Putin says, I don't think we have to necessarily worry about them attacking the United States. I don't, I don't I'm, I'm not a, a general, but I don't think that would be a, a very good idea. But I no, do we, think no. we are going to experience some, some significant cost as it relates to this war going on, because as the United States, we're going to quote unquote punish Russia um, by, um, is it called sanctions? The, the, again, I'm not, yes. I'll be the first to say, yeah. don't understand all of that. But that was, that was like my two cents. I'm like, okay, things are going to get more expensive because we get a lot of our energy from Russia. Well, let, let's, let's talk about it on a global basis. I think uh, Russia produces about 10% of the world's oil and gas, 10%. They provide 30% of Europe's natural gas supplies. Wow. And most of the pipelines go through what country? The Ukraine. So it's really kind of a crazy, it's a crazy kind of a impact. So I think for us, first off, it creates uncertainty. Anytime there's uncertainty, it will impact the markets. I do think that the major change is going to be on the energy front. Uh, if 10% of the world's uh, oil and gas, and then if they're not producing or, uh, you know, today the price of a barrel of oil went up substantially, that will translate in, at some point in time into the price we all pay for a gallon of gas at the, uh, at the, at the pump. I think I heard one of the uh, commentators today saying we'll, we'll be consistently over $4. And in some of the Western states, we might get up to 6 mm. So I think there's there's practicality there. The other thing is this uncertainty. The, the feeling is that Russia may decide to engage in a cyber war with the U.S. So and I, I kind of in my view, that's modern warfare. Yep. So instead of instead of sending soldiers in, what we'll do is we'll we'll disable your utilities. We'll attack your banks, your financial institutions. We'll do a variety of things. So I, I think it creates uncertainty. Undoubtedly, energy costs are going to be looked at potentially some technology issues. And then one of the last things too that happened today, Caleb, was I think commodity prices have gone up because Ukraine is a large producer of aluminum. And they also are a producer of some other materials that are used and make, that are used, I guess, in our technology companies in producing the wonderful technology that you and I are using today. And, and I th the other thing, what it does is Europe is unsettled. It, it, it's, you know, it's a war in the backyard of Europe. So that for them, for that, for the European Union, it's a significant issue. Mm -hmm. So I think that's what happened today. Because in the in the in the morning when the markets opened, stock prices dr dramatic drops. I think we were eight hundred points down on the Dow. So as the day's gone on, people have had a chance to look at it and say, really, how much of our sales come from Russia? How much of our profit comes from Russia that impacts the stocks? Let's look at this in a little bit in a more relaxed way. And I think as, as the day's gone on, they've said, okay, maybe it's not as bad economically for the US as we initially thought. It's not impacting stocks as much, but it does create a lot of political uncertainty. So I think today, maybe in our conversation, we could just give people a couple of ideas on things they might do uh, to look at that. And, and I'll, I'll tell you one, and this is one, uh, it's always hilarious when you tell people this, but you ought to look at your digital hygiene. Yeah. If you haven't checked your passwords, 
Yep. You know, if, if you're concerned about a cyber attack, d- don't open that email that you don't know where it's from. Make sure your passwords are good. Uh, wherever possible, use, uh, you know, use the uh, multi-factor authentication. Yep. Make sure you're using basic approach. Because uh, I did hear one commentator this morning uh, said that one of his key guests uh, for the day, said I'm I'm copying all my bank statements because I'm waiting for the cyber attack to come, and I don't know if that's going to happen. But I think that realistically, making sure your passwords are you need to do this anyway. But clean up your digital hygiene. I I, I think it's a good idea. Yeah, this is we we're not sponsored by LastPass, but you would think sometimes we are, especially behind closed doors. I I love uh, this company called LastPass, and they essentially mm-hmm. allow you to have super encrypted passwords and then you only have to remember one password to get in and you I have their app so it allows me to do two thought uh, two uh, factor authentication and yeah. it really um, number one allows us as a financial company to make sure that if anyone is dealing with um, anything client related or just anything in general that we have uh, that super lockdown but also um, it's it creates a lot of peace of mind and I think that was one thing before I had last pass. I, I would use the same password for a lot of things. And I was like always um, losing passwords and, and it just created more stress. And so regardless of when you're watching this, it might have nothing to do with Russia and Ukraine, but like that is an amazing tool uh, to use if you really want to get more secure and, and have more peace of mind as it relates to your digital hygiene. Oh, no, great. I mean, that's what you need to do. I mean, today I'll tell you, I went and changed on, I had five key, my five major accounts, my bank account, brokerage, and so on. I went through and I changed passwords on those. I just think it's a good thing to do given this environment. The, the other thing too is, and now it's one thing I do and it, it's financial, but you might want to lock up your credit reports. Um, I have a lock on mine. And uh, I don't know if you have a lock on yours, Caleb, but you put a lock on, which means that no one can make an inquiry without first contacting you. So if someone for, for some reason was to get your personal information and then apply for a credit card or a line of credit, they couldn't, they couldn't validate your, your credit history. They couldn't get a credit report because your report is locked. And the reason I did it was that, um, oh gosh, about 10 years ago, I was reviewing my credit history and I saw where someone had taken out a Bank of America uh, line of credit for $35,000 that wasn't mine. So I had to go through that whole effort of getting it off my record and, and getting it done, which I did, by the way. But I, since then, I've had a lock in. My wife has a lock on hers also. And uh, we do that. So that's, I just think, again, if you're concerned of somebody tampering or somebody looking to attack you from a cyber standpoint, having your credit, uh, your credit reports locked. And you can do it online, by the way. So you, you can go online to the various services and, 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 and put that in place. Do you usually lock it and then unlock it when you're, you get a credit card or open a new bank account? Is that, is it that easy? Yes, it is. And, and, and so you can turn it on and off. And so if you, if you know you're going to apply for some debt, maybe a mortgage, something that you're doing or something that you're, you're borrowing money, yeah, you'll have to unlock it, but it makes common sense just to do it. And that way you can make sure no one's playing around with your credit. Do you have a website or a resource that you'd recommend looking more into that? Well, no, I, I think what you can do is if you just go to the general FICO website, at, I believe it's FICO.com. If you go there, Caleb, the, the, you know, they'll go through the FICO ratings, also tell you a lot of this information. They have a lot of good information on that site. Okay. All right. But I think that's a, that's a good one indeed. So I think credit reports, 
I think actually, I think that's a good financial practice anyway. Yeah. And I think, you know, once, once you're established, you know, you got your mortgage, you have the, the credit cards that you use and so on. I think locking it down makes a lot of sense. That's my view. The other thing I think is going to happen too is um, with increases in energy prices, I think we are going to see more inflation. And gosh, we've had a lot of inflation. This is, uh, this is not a small issue. I don't know how it is on your end, but we, we see it. We see it on the eastern part of the U.S. We see a great deal. I mean, an example that I just had with with my wife, April, we went out to a a restaurant that we usually go to and the prices didn't change, but they had now a bunch of kitchen fees and service fees and they just like tacked that on. Oh, wow. My my heart goes out to them, but it's like, that is an example of we ate the same food, but the food was more expensive and, you know, it's, they're passing on those costs to the consumer to, to make ends meet. And so, yes, we're definitely experiencing it here in Denver, prices going up, flights more expensive, just everything more expensive. And this is this is really not even affected, like the Russia, Ukraine, all of that hasn't really even affected these current prices that we're experiencing. I'm sure that's going to be a little bit delayed. Yeah, well, you'll, you're going to see it. So if you have higher energy costs, that'll impact shipping, it'll impact so many different things that we have. Maybe some of the raw material increases will affect uh, things that you buy or things that we need. So I, I think what people have to do, they're really going to have to be diligent about their living expenses and take a look and see what you need to do. You might have to try a new restaurant. You might have to do some dip, some substitution, some other things. But I, I th- think it's important because we're seeing it around the country. And it's, I think, as you and I have discussed previously, it's a hidden tax. And it, it really hits people. You don't even know you're getting hit by it, but it's there. Yep. So um, uh, one of the other things, too, that I'm a kind of a nut on is uh, energy. So energy consumption. I mean, and, I, and I've written some articles and I actually got part of this in one of my books. Some th- action steps you can take to make sure the energy consumption in your home is correct. I mean, LED lighting, how you set your thermostats, how you use air conditioning, heat, all, all those things. Driving. I mean, with gas and, and where I live today, I don't drive as much as I used to. And, you, you know, out in the great Western the United States, people drive. I mean, you all are driving all the time and it can have a major effect on your budget in terms of having to fill that tank. If it goes up 50 cents a gallon, it's it's a major impact on a, on a household. Yeah. Right. So um, managing your energy consumption, I think that's something we're all going to have to deal with going forward. It's good for the environment. Uh, move to less carbon sources, whatever possible. I think uh, my own belief is in five years, we'll all be driving electronic cars, electric cars. They're coming. And 22 is the big year for introduction. So uh, so you'll see it. And uh, I think you'll I think you'll ought to take some steps in your household to see what you can do to lower these costs, because I don't think they're going to go away for a while. And I don't want to say this politically, but we've taken a number of steps to reduce U.S. energy, uh, carbon-based energy production without really having a transition plan on how we're going to get to non-carbon sources. So I think it's just our political system has failed us again. We just need a plan on how to get to A to B. And, and we could all agree on it. I'd love to do it. I think you would too. You know, let's have less carbon. Let's, you know, let's do the things that we need to do. And, but we ought to have a plan on how to do it versus left, right, left, right. So it doesn't make sense yeah. to me. But yep. as you, uh, another thing people might want to look at is your risk appetite. Typically, your risk appetite doesn't change week to week, but maybe this one, maybe there's something that's happening out there today or something, some assumptions you've made 
about how you invest that maybe need to be revisited. And maybe you've got a financial professional that the, the, someone the audience works with on that. Or uh, an example might be if someone's been a Bitcoin, an advocate of Bitcoin. Uh, what we've seen on Bitcoin is uh, Bitcoin's now lost over 50% of its value since November. And we're recording this in February. In November of 2021, and it's February of 2022, it's lost 50% of its value. And if you read about that, Many of the uh, many of the experts in that area don't think that's going to recover till twenty four. Right. So, I mean, is that where you want to be? I mean, is that is that is that you know, is that your choice? Obviously, anyone's choice, but is that where they want to be? I think it's I think it's very interesting. Just asking clients like, hey, when was the last time you reviewed your you know asset allocation and your risk your risk mm-hmm. appetite? Because a lot of times people do it once when they roll over their money or when they meet a financial advisor and they're not re redoing that each year. And maybe you might think that's pretty extreme, but it's one of those things that you <sighs> should at least have a conversation on an annual basis to say, Hey, listen, anything changed? Are we still on board? Are we still, is this still ri-? like we use Riskalyze? I know there's, there, there's, you know, other, other software on point, Morningstar, other things that people can use. Um, but I would highly, highly recommend you have a tool that can not just monitor your risk tolerance, but be able to mirror back where your money's invested, where it's being saved and, and give you that report. That's something that I would highly recommend, especially for people that have a lot of market-based assets. I'll totally agree. And so I think that's, you know, your risk is, that's so important. And now at the same time, I, I have some other, I have like a contrasting thought, which is keep investing. Yeah, and, and, and what I've learned over the years is dollar cost averaging is powerful, and you just continue to put money away, and then it 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 it, it actually I have seen where it pays dividends. The dollar cost averaging works, and sometimes you're buying when the market's high, and sometimes you're buying when the market's low. Uh, it's up to you if you if a portion of your assets are going into equities like that. That's that's your choice, and that's what you need to do. Yep, I, I did that. If if you're um, going to appreciate your money through the market. This this needs to be looked at as everything's going on sale. And if we're going to bet on America, which we probably should, if that's our strategy, then then we we have to have the discipline to say, hey, this is actually a good thing long term um, because I get to buy a, a portion of America and I get to do it on a discount. Yeah, absolutely. So you look at that on a more conservative side. Maybe it's a good time to look at your emergency fund too. Totally. And I, I get beat up. Some pe- people send me nasty notes on emergency funds, but it's real. I mean, they're real. And and fundamentally, if you look at it, not everything in life is covered by insurance. Certain events are just not going to, there's no way to get money to cover those things. I mean, you've got a health insurance, but you have coinsurance and deductibles. You've got home insurance, but you got a deductible on your home insurance. There are certain uh, uh, medical procedures that are not covered at all, and you have to pay for those out of pocket. Having a, a reasonable amount of money on hand to cover those things is real important. And you and I have talked about having, uh, you know, a fund where I can walk my walk away fund, my I can be able my freedom fund, have money set aside so I can change jobs if I want. How many months of that to, should I put away? But I think people ought to. This it's a good reason to sit down and take a look and make sure you got enough. And uh, I don't know where people work or the how secure their jobs are or if something could happen. But it's probably a good time to look at that also because I'm just thinking about the conservative things that you look at yep. when there's uncertainty. What's the quote unquote hate mail that you get for emergency funds? Is it the people that don't like the opportunity cost of their money sitting at zero or what? Uh, well, no, well, when I say to folks, you need to have at least six months. 
yeah. at least six months and I'm a believer in a year. Yeah. And then I say, okay, maybe you should put some money away for retraining or reskilling at a point in time. And yeah. oh, by the way, you know, you work in a job in a field, I think it's going to be gone in a few years. You might want to have a little bit more money away. Yeah. And people are being like, what, what, you know, it's even my own kids like dad, are you telling me I really need it? Yeah. I, I'm telling you, you yeah. need to do this bank of dad's closed. I mean, so it's up to you, you know, you're adults now that's your deal. And, right. But I'm saying people need to do that. And I don't think, uh, Kate, Caleb, I don't think people pay enough attention to it. Right. I wish I had done that. I, mean, I That's one thing I, I learned later in life, not as as a young person. And I think it would have paid me a lot of, uh, a lot of benefits. And in particular, I had a couple of jobs that I really hated. And if I had had that freedom fund, if I had, had that money, I would go, I would have gone and done something different. Right. And probably would have been better off, but world worked out. Okay. But I think it's again, something to look at. Right. And, and, and the last suggestion I have for folks is, you know, make sure to go back and look at your insurance coverages right? and make sure that your deductibles, the co-insurance amounts you've got in there are consistent with your emergency fund. They're consistent with your job security. They're consistent with your health. Um, and then there's positives and negatives to that, but you want to sit down. And I think now's a good time to do that is to make sure you've got all those things lined up. And, 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 and so I think what we tried to discuss today is, look, there are just certain things you got to, if, if an uncertain situation comes up, let's go back and take a look at our emergency fund. Yeah. Let's make sure we're, you know, we've got our passwords and we're not doing anything stupid digitally. And if the Russians decide to give us a cyber attack, we'll all be prepared to handle it. But these are all things that I think people should do in an uncertain time. And ultimately, I think you get a, a better psychological profile at the end of the day. You'll feel better and yeah. more in charge of what you're doing. And I, that's that would be my observation. Yeah, a, a couple of things that I want to just highlight, and then I want to add one other thing to your list of mm -hmm. nine. Um, I love that we kind of stay relaxed. Um, nothing good happens when we panic. Um, implement better uh, digital hygiene. I love that. Make sure that our, we're not using the same password. Maybe use a, a password management system like LastPass to yep. be able to do that. Lock and credit. Never really thought about that, but um, now that you say that, I, I remember a couple of people in in the, that I've worked with mentioning that. Um, and I think it's it's a, especially if you're not in the midst of always going to the bank or opening up a new um, card. It can be one of those proactive steps that you can just eliminate a lot of unnecessary headaches. And that that is something oh, yeah. that I want to highlight. Um, you know, I also want to highlight the the mindset of dollar cost averaging. If your if your strategy is appreciation through index funds or the market, or if that's part of your portfolio, um, see this as an opportunity to um, buy at a discount. Um, and then the emergency fund. I think this uh, again, um, it's easier not to panic. It's easier to be healthier and not stress when you're when you're not worried about wait what's going to happen with this whole thing and that what's going to happen to my job and all that stuff. One thing I want to add is um, just stock up on some food, <laughs> like with the <laughs> just unknowns. Like I'm not even talking about like, just oh. like not like with prices. I'm just saying like stock up on food because we, with things happening to the North of us, um, things happening with potential um, trucking supply uh, chains with what's happening to uh, in, in Russia and Ukraine. Like we, we have no idea. And I saw something the other day, like a headline, like we're like nine meals away from, you know, people going crazy. And I was thinking that oh. I'm like, that's, that's so true. And so, um, full disclosure, I, I'm not a, a full out prepper, but we have some, uh, bags of rice and beans and some well, other, no, no. Oh, other no, that's, food. That's like, I hope 
that we don't necessarily need to use, but um, you, 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 you and I could do a whole program on food security and it's a big go. issue. It's a big issue. And I totally agree with you. You need to have those things. And again, I mean, right now in life, it's just my wife and I, but we have enough extra supplies to keep, to keep us going. And we always have extra water because we live in a hurricane zone and all those things, but you should do those things. Those, that's a prudent approach. Yep. And I totally agree with you, Caleb. That's, that's really valuable. Cool. All right, guys. Well, we appreciate you uh, taking time to watch and listen to this. Make sure to share this with uh, people that you think definitely need to hear this message in, in uncertain times. Or if someone's been asking you like, hey, how's this going to affect um, our bottom line with what's going on? Uh, send them this. If you're watching this on YouTube, I would love to hear if there's anything that we missed or anything that you're doing uh, to managing the downside. And if you're listening to this on the podcast, uh, we appreciate everyone that takes time out of their day to follow the podcast, to leave a review. It helps other people discover this. Um, and I will also be putting uh, all of Harry Stout's you know, information as it relates to the books that he has, to his website, to the podcast that he has, uh, drop in super valuable content on a weekly basis. And so, Harry, thank you so much. And uh, we hope everyone watching and listening has a great, safe rest of their day. Thank you so much for listening to the Better Wealth Podcast. It would mean the world to me if you could hit subscribe, leave a review, and share this with the people that you know and love.